This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of What Most People Think. Welcome to the first show of the new decade. The new decade. And we haven't even we haven't even decided what the last one was called yet. Have we? Maybe maybe we never will. Maybe maybe liberals will say, oh, it's just, you know, it's such a bad decade. Let's just Let's just wipe it from the record. Let's expunge it like, you know, The Last Jedi or or the final season of, of Thrones. Um, but yeah, I hope you had a good Christmas. Uh, it's impossible not to have a good one in other people's estimations, isn't it? Like, whatever you tell people how your Christmas was, everyone will say, oh, that, oh that's nice. So if you say, oh, yeah, we had a really, we just had a quiet one. People go, oh, that is nice, isn't it, to have a quiet one. And if you say, oh, we had a really big fuck-off family one, people go, oh, that's nice, isn't it? You could just say, yeah, I just sat there fucking diseased, uh, <laughs> spent the whole time vomiting. Well, no, I mean, let's be honest, people would people would uh, show you some sympathy for that. And it's, it's the same in New Year, isn't it? People try and make a virtue out of uh, whatever they did. You know, I just stayed in, to be honest. I just stayed in, and it was actually quite nice. And, you know, I wasn't up at midnight. You go... Look, let's be honest, it's a fucking failure if, if you don't see the new year in. Uh, I didn't, and it, it wasn't for a good reason. Me and Mrs. were ill, fucking tired, so we went to bed. And let's not pretend that that was any kind of victory. Um, but again, yeah, new year, just, oh, that, yeah, that's nice. Oh, we went out, yeah, we, we, did, uh, we did some opium. Oh, that's not, isn't it nice just to go out and just do, just do a bit of opium? Oh, we did a lot of opium. Oh, that, well, that's even nicer, isn't it? But um, welcome to the show. If this is the first time you're listening to it, um, this is me, Jeff Norcott, stand-up comedian, a bit right of centre, voted leave, but, you know, trying to come to things uh, from the non-woke end of the political spectrum. And, you know, at the end of last year, with the election result as it was, I seem to be speaking for slightly more people than, than I thought. So it's, you know, the pressure's on. The pressure's on. Um, the pressure's on to sort of keep up that that mystic prophesizing um, capability. So that's that's what this first episode is about, basically. Mystic Jeff. I am going to cast my eye over the political social spectrum. Uh, this is quite an ambitious remit. Basically, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make some predictions about about the upcoming year, and then when you know when we're together again uh, at New Year's Eve or around then uh, of 2020, then we'll see how well I did, or if I did fucking terribly, I'll just gloss over it and make uh, make out that. This episode never happened, you know. I can I can edit. I can just take it out of the record. I can, uh, you know, or maybe I can get my friends in the Kremlin to uh, to expunge it from the record. Um, so so I'm going to crack on because there's quite a lot to get through in terms of um, predictions. Um, but I just want to say 
uh, a thank you and a fuck you as usual. And I just wanted to say a thank you to everyone that, that kind of listens to the podcast and, and follows me on social media because I'm not like the most followed person, as you can tell by my numbers. It's a decent following, but the thing is, the people that follow me actually watch things, share things, buy tickets, you know what I mean? So it meant that there were some, some great things that happened last year. You know, I am. Um, uh, my, this podcast launched in the global top 10 of comedy. Uh, the documentary is watched by uh, over a million and a half. Um, my Radio 4 show did well. I did uh, uh, my, my celebrity mastermind might go out at some point. Fucking hell, that was embarrassing. So the first time, they changed the episode once, right? But I made out like it was my fault because, it, 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 you know, at that point it might possibly have been... And then, um, and then it was like they were definitely like you're definitely on tonight. Even they sent, they did a tweet saying that it was going to be that episode tonight. And I did another tweet, so I'm definitely on Celebrity Mastermind tonight. And obviously, I get shit on Twitter and Facebook. Can you imagine like the family WhatsApp groups and friendship groups basically calling me a twat, just thinking I'm making shit up? Um, so you know that episode may go out at some point. Um, you know, I did um, another series of Mash Report, and I saw you know. Good surges in ticket sales after that. The tour's the biggest one I've ever done, and we sold out in lots of different places. Bristol, Milton Keynes, York, fucking London, Bath, fucking uh, Bridge End. No, we didn't go to Bridge End. I just wanted to keep the bees going. So, um, so yeah, just want to say thank you for your support last year, and there's some really exciting things coming up this year, one of which I can't wait to announce um but i'm just gonna have to hold back for a little while on that so why did you mention it jeff because I'm, I'm one of those pricks i did what's known in the game as a tease yeah do you feel teased oh what what's it gonna be is he gonna be a captain on a panel show oh, no, no i'm not i'm not gonna be that it's not to do it's not to do with television but trust me it's a good one uh so those are the thank yous um fuck you uh is yeah basically middle age um last year I just became increasingly decrepit. Uh, my body started to fail me. Uh, I got carpal tunnel in both hands. Got fucking. I think I've got arthritis. Uh, a bit of arthritis. Um, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Bit of arthritis. Yeah, it can be very nice. Just, just a bit. Um, so, so yeah. I, I, I don't really know where this goes next. I don't know if this is like a surge in ailments that have come with my forty-third year and will just kind of level off, or whether. I'm going to be one of those poor old fuckers that you see walking to... Do you ever see those poor old boys, you know, walking to the, the supermarket, just so hunched over? You just think, oh my God, he's just walking to the supermarket. He looks like he's... He looks like he's fucking taking his first steps in new prosthetic legs after having his fucking below the shins blown off in Helmand province. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've always looked at those people and thought, ha, ha, yeah, look at him. I'm young and free and sprightly. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, 2019 was the year I, I wasn't like that. But it was interesting watching, obviously, because so, my social media timeline is dominated by uh, liberal left types. As people just, they just, again, they still make the mistake of just presuming that everyone feels like they do. Oh, it was a terrible decade, you know. It was a terrible year. It was terrible. It, I don't know when they last had a good year, to be honest. When was it? 2012? You know, 2020, because the Olympics, that thing that fucking, um, you know, a small percentage of the population got to go to, but they thought everybody loved to the same degree. Because, you know, do you remember, remember the year all the celebs died? That year they were going, oh, it's just, ugh, ugh. That's, that's the liberal noise, isn't it? Ugh, 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 ugh. It's just been so bad. We lost George Michael. Bowie's gone. Bowie has gone. But anyway, listen, um, I don't think it's going to... 
Well, yeah, look, let's not uh, let's keep the powder dry and let's move into some predictions for next year. Okay, let's start off with um, yeah, let's start off with Trump. Actually, I'm going to change the order here because I don't often I haven't done U.S. politics um, in the last year uh, because. Well, I mean, it, weirdly, it wasn't a vintage year for Trump nonsense. Do you know what I mean? He came out of the blocks hard, didn't he? With Rocket Man, North Korea, pussy grabbing, all of that stuff. And like, if, if you look at Trump as I do, because ultimately he's hashtag not my president in a literal sense. He's not my president. So while I care to an extent, um, you know, some of the worst excesses of his uh, rhetoric and polemic, you know, he's, he's not. I think he's a very nice guy. I don't I don't like him. You know, I don't think he's been anywhere near what people prophesize that he would be, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't been a prick at times. But but at least you know, I, I sort of looked at him as, as a sort of bit of entertainment. because uh, he's funny, there's not absolutely no doubt about it. He's fucking hilarious, you know what I mean? Like all the classic video clips of him, one where he barges all the other world leaders <laughs> out of the way. I think his highlighted this year was just kind of uh, just just blanking Greta Thunberg. <laughs> she and it was one of those clips, wasn't it, that just sums up how binary politics is. Is that people are sort of saying, "Oh my God, look at her staring him out, ice cold stare." You like she won that, you know. And then the people that like Trump would just think, "Yeah, he just completely blanked her. It made her look kind of quite childish and small." Which she is. She's a small child. I mean, what is she now? 16? Having said that, right, I did hear an interview of uh, David Attenborough on Radio 4 the other day, and she sounded a lot easier to listen to. And I, because it's because she wasn't doing one of her big barnstorming kind of crowd pleasing, how dare you? How dare you? You have stolen my dreams. She was just chatting with Attenborough, and um, I think I hear it off quite well. You know, I'm not saying anything. Look, hey. He's, you know, I'm just, age ain't, age ain't nothing but a number. When you love the planet, you can love each other. And look, I'm not suggesting that David Attenborough and Greta Thunberg are having an affair. I'm just saying, just, you, you watch it, you listen to it, you tell me if there's not some chemistry there. Um, So I think that, uh, I think that, I think that Trump will win again. I do think that Trump will win because the, the, the Democrats, I would say the left, but in, in the States, the, being a Democrat doesn't mean that you're necessarily left-wing, does it? I mean, I mean, there's a strong possibility that I would be to the right of the Democrats uh, in the States, but they um, they haven't come up with a decent candidate, have they? They just keep coming up with, you know, Bernie Bernie Sanders. He's, he's, he's a bit like Corbyn. I think he's a, a more coherent thinker, you know. He's a bit more together, but he's, he's fucking old. You know what I mean? Like, he... That that last election was possibly the last one where he could realistically have a dart at it. So they've gone for Joe Biden, a sort of continuity candidate. I don't really understand the logic of that. He wasn't like he wasn't massively loved. Like Obama loved him, so that therefore that that therefore means that people think that they'll vote for him. But he looks, I mean, he looks like you remember on Golden Pond with Peter Fonda. You know, he just it's that sort of age, isn't it? He just looks like a fucking an extra in cocoon, and he's got, he's got that you know he's got this weird thing of loads of videos of him, of him sort of just being a bit inappropriate with young women. He's just he's weird. He's fucking weird, and you know so Biden will go up against Trump probably right, um, or it will be you know one of these kind of firebrand lefties that you know is popular on Twitter but nowhere else. 
you know, there's a, there's a, a group of people that will vote Trump no, no matter what. And there was probably some people that voted for him reluctantly at the last election, that if there's a decent enough candidate put up, uh, that they might consider switching, right? But I'm not sure Joe Biden's that guy. And, you know, the thing is, economically, economically, the states have been doing, you know, the US has been doing reasonably well. And, you know, it's always, I don't know how good it is for manufacturing, but having a strong dollar is a you know, is good from a patriotic point of view, from a morale point of view. It's like having a, it's like being in the showers and, you know, having a, on the slack, it's looking good. Doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean that a full length that actually works, i.e., you know, whether or not it's good for manufacturing to have a high currency value, but it's certainly impressive in and around the shower. And I think what will happen is, as the election comes nearer, Trump will be nicer. Right, he'll strike a more conciliatory tone because he he can go left. Right, it's much easier for him to to be nicer than it is for people on the left to be a bit more right wing. Do you know what I mean? Or a bit more patriotic or even nationalistic. So he could just be nice for a while. He can be the the Home Alone Trump. <laughs> you know, he can be the the cameo Trump that used to appear. He can he could just be nicer. That's what he'll do because he knows he won't. Yeah, he won't lose his natural supporters. He can only win back, uh, win over centrists. Because um, those, I mean, his natural supporters are never going to vote for who the Democrat can- candidate is, right? So you think about it in thirds. There's natural supporters, there's people in the middle that could be swayed either way, and there's good people that are going to vote Democrat no matter what, right? And no matter which candidate they put up, specifically if it's against Trump. So there's people in the middle that are perhaps just looking for him to give them a reason for continuity, as I say, because... Uh, because the economics have been decent. So, when Brexit does happen, right, the first day that we leave, first day that we're at, at, um, is that the media, you know what the media are like, right, and they're just doing their job, they will be ears to the ground for everything, anything that goes wrong after Brexit, right, and they will have people stationed at fucking ports, you know what I mean, anything where supply chains could be disrupted, and those things will will be polarised to fuck, right, so we'll be... There'll be something, right? And and it's inevitable, isn't it? That that with such a a large undertaking as leaving the European Union, uh, that that something will go wrong, right? The teething problems. This is this happens in anything. You open a new venue, you know, like it's gonna happen. Um, that wasn't a good enough example, Jeff. Just saying, you open a new venue, or you open a new shop, or a new cinema. Do you know what I mean? Just, just something fucking doesn't work. You know, some someone hasn't plumbed uh, the toilets in fully. So so the the initial. Uh, response to to Brexit, there'll be there'll be a lot of I think the, the as I say, similar with Trump, the the bitterness will kind of rise as it gets towards it, and people realise that there really is no turning back um, this time. And and also, what will happen is that the the kind of the cultural uh, um, liberal elite, right, um, will will think, well, why should I be nice anymore? Because we, you know, essentially we've lost. So. Some of the things that, um, or, or programs or content that, that have strove for balance, will just think, "Fuck it! Why should we? Why should we strive for balance?" Okay, they lied. We lost. We're not getting over it. <laughs> That'll be the hashtag, wouldn't it? We lost, and we're not getting over it. And they'll they'll say, and it'll be like, you know, they'll just continue to call themselves European or whatever, or they'll 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 get their um they'll get their new passports, the blue passports, and they'll demand to have like like European sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a new little um a new little cottage industry all right if you want to make a few quid is is start selling um european style passport sleeves yeah so that can be put over whatever size the new british um passport is because there'll be loads of people 
that will want to do that because then when they're in the queue, you know, like and they and they'll feel embarrassed when they're not in the European queue because they 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 value the view of Europeans of them. They'll they'll just keep showing them going. Just so you know, just so you know, not my not my Brexit hashtag, not my Boris, not my not my weather, not my weather, not my chips. I eat I eat European food so. Um, and then, so, so we'll have these initial teething problems um, afterwards, and then, and then what will happen is, is they'll just they'll just quiet down a bit, and there will be someone will get the sack for because Boris is an impetuous sort of character, and he has a massive ego, so something will go properly fucking wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like we'll just we won't have any marmite for like a month or something. I call it the great marmite drought, and then there'll be somebody saying, "Oh yeah, my child actually has uh, you know really suffers from yeast withdrawal," and so that'll happen. Something like that'll happen. Then someone will get the sack for that, and it'll be cut off at the neck. And then, and then things will, then things will kind of improve because I think that you know one of the problems with investment has been there's been no political certainty for quite some time. So a bit of that will kick in. I think the first quarter we'll see, you know, like this this supposedly catastrophic thing for the economy. We may well see because growth has been quite stagnant towards the end of 2019. We may well see growth, right? And that'll be what this thing that was supposed to push us off a cliff edge um, will actually, you know, the, the within the first quarter that it happens, we'll see some sort of growth. I think, um, but of course, that doesn't mean that it's definitely going to be all right forever. But it'll be a useful bit of PR, and then the remainers will move on to their dystopian predictions um, for the future, right? So then it'll be like well, it was never about now. It was never about now, even though they've sort of they've used the word cliff edge a lot. So I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but so when you walk off a cliff edge, it's pretty immediate, isn't it? How fucked up you get, you know, it's kind of like the cartoon where Wiley Coyote and just, you know, puff of smoke at the bottom of a ravine. But it'll be that. No, it's not that. It's about the trade deal, actually. It's about, you know, and then and then the revive. There'll be this revival of the idea that there'll be a no deal come December. Again, call me, look, prediction here. I don't think there will. I just don't think there will. I think the political realities of that, will crowd in on both Boris Johnson and the EU and it's more brinkmanship, you know, like ultimately, you know, for all, for all the reservations I have about Boris, he got he got the withdrawal deal reopened and part of that came from a sense that a no deal might happen. So well, let's see, you know, whether maybe there'll be wise second time around, who, who knows? Um, I think Boris will, I think Boris will adopt a more presidential role, uh, a bit like Trump in a way. Uh, he'll, he'll say dumb stuff, you know, just to keep, to keep the people that find that amusing amused. You know, every once in a while he'll, he'll whiff waff, yeah, yeah, you know, he'll just say something fucking bizarre. He'll have little phrases that he has on the go, you know, like, like he tries to get stuff trending. He'll be he'll be a bit like Trump, I think, but he will, uh, I think what might happen as well is that Dominic Cummings, who I think he, he saw as useful for winning elections, in the same way that Trump saw Steve Bannon useful, is that he might slowly get edged out. You know, as because ultimately, this is what I keep saying about Boris. He is a liberal metropolitan Tory, right? For all the all the crass things that he's ever said, that is who the fuck he is, right? That is his world. That's who he's always moved in, and that will be where he kind of tracks towards. And with this majority that he's got, uh, it's going to be hard for anybody to stop him. And Dominic Cummings might might find himself with lesser a role uh, over time. So so that's why I think we'll end up with we'll start the year of Brexit. There'll be no Marmite or something, you know. Uh, there'll be something and, and it'll be made to seem... Everyone will have their phones out at the ports, you know what I mean, or in Waitrose because there's no more linseed 
oil, yeah, and and you know there'll be it will just loads of little things will get polarized and shared and and actually the wider country you know most of which don't dick around on Twitter living their lives there for most of the time we'll just be getting on with it and we'll be I think we'll think wow that wasn't actually that fucking bad and then people will start to reflect I mean not like I say I'm well aware that the success or not of Brexit is something you can't track over the space of a year but the immediate predictions were of chaos. And if there isn't chaos, people will start to think, why the fuck did they spend three and a half years making out that they would be, you know? It's like the boy who cried cliff, you know, instead of wolf. Or you're saying the boy who cried cliff just sounds like he's just crying and saying that a bloke called cliff is coming. Although if it was the cliff I'm thinking of, that might be something you want to avoid. I don't think anything about that is libelous. I didn't say which cliff, um, you know, I know we'll... <laughs> I'll tell you, has he? Has, has he ever done anything like that? I don't know. I just think that about all of them from that generation now. So, yeah, Brexit will be reasonably benevolent. It, it, it Its head will crop up at times, but I think most of the public will now disengage a little bit from the debate. They'll think, right, I don't want to fucking think about that for a while. It will rise again at the end of January, and then people just want to want to get on with their lives. They'll, they'll, th- they'll think in their minds that Brexit's done. The trade discussions, all the fascinating stuff about customs unions and uh and export tariffs i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out of limb and say that people aren't gonna be that fucking excited about that you know when we start discussing the minutiae of tariffs on <laughs> on dairy produce right uh, but then again it will come it will come to a head again uh, in december when once again we will not leave without a fucking deal about my favourite subject at the moment, which is the problems within the Labour Party. It's, uh, I don't know about you, but I love it. It's, it's almost like, you know, like when you're out uh, at dinner, you know, and you and your wife and you, you're not having the greatest date, you're getting on fine, but then you see a couple that haven't spoke to each other and they're just staring daggers over the table and you spend the rest of the night analysing their problems. Um, Labour will, so Corbyn will cling on for a while because he's a fucking idiot. He'll just stick, he'll just stick around and uh, and it'll be embarrassing. Even the, Even his own people would just get pissed off of having to pretend that they like him at PMQs, just sitting there, just looking like fucking Kevin and Perry, just going, oh, oh it's so embarrassing. Uh, he'll be, and eventually, so they'll have this leadership thing. He'll, Corbyn will go to, to the back seats and, and he'll just vote against fucking everything. He, he just won't, he won't, he won't get over it. You know, even though like he lost two elections and he, he, he will see it as being thwarted and outed by the Blairites, um, even though he, you know, kind of had a fairly sort of loose hand at this election to do whatever he wanted. And then what will happen is, is no one will book him for punditry, right? Because um, that would be the standard thing now as you become like a more of a voice in punditry. No one will book him for punditry because A, he, he hates journalists, right? And B, he's, we'll, we'll realise what a boring person he is without the prospect of power. We just suddenly go. It would suddenly start to seem really odd to us that that Jeremy Corbyn was ever the leader of a party, leader, let alone leader of opposition, let alone granted in some quarters a possibility of becoming prime minister. It would just seem fucking odd. It would just seem like when Wagner made like the last six of X Factor, we go, what, what, what was all that about? Like, why was we, were we taking the piss? Was that just? From you was it was it the element of jeopardy that we did it for, and uh, and Corbyn will, will slowly slowly fade away, and then one day he'll just come out, you know, and he always exits his house, 
and, and, and looks cross at the fact that reporters are outside his house. You think, like, mate, you're vying to become Prime Minister. Do you know what I mean? If you did become Prime Minister, FYI, everyone would know where you fucking live, okay? Because it's called number 10, and there would be people there all the time. So getting pissed off at fucking Jolian Jepsen from Sky News is going to... Uh, I don't know why I said Jolian Jepsen there. It sounds more like a right-back for Tottenham. Um so yeah, he he will he will slowly fade fade away, and it will all seem a bit odd that it ever happened. The Labour will continue to trail in the polls um, because there'll be you know because if what I think is going to happen with Brexit happens that it's it's reasonably benevolent, uh, there will be a, a bounce. You know, it'll be Boris will you know continue to seem to be have a mandate, and and so I don't see that changing for the time being. And so they'll just they'll just be a critic of whatever's happening in and around Brexit. That'll be the the policy for Labour. They won't talk much about policy because obviously they've kind of shot their bolt on that, haven't they? <laughs> this is one thing that winds me up about Labour is they say you know individually, individual all those policies, renationalisation, lower train fares, you know, a four day week and uh, free broadband and you know, uh, free free mattresses new mattresses for everybody like they're 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 popular you go yeah if you just say to somebody individually do you like do you like this free thing and they go yeah i do do you like this free thing go, yep love that free thing right did anybody ever say do you want them to do all within the first fucking year of power we go what you don't you be fucking ridiculous, all right? So when you move in a house, innit? You go, yeah, we might knock through into the kitchen, you know, we might might turn the garage into a uh, a bedroom and just like but if your missus said oh, I want to do all that by the end of the year, you go, We're not we're not fucking moving, all right? If if <laughs> if that's the deal, we'll stay exactly where we are. Um so they would just become kind of critics of whatever's happening in and around uh in and around Brexit. And the leadership race itself i think it'll bring the idea of a split back again as as the centrists realize that the left aren't willing to give up influence there's gonna be a lot of jockeying as to who the partnerships are right you know obviously the the political powerhouse of rebecca long bailey uh, good morning mrs bailey long bailey good morning children i'm gonna keep going with that okay i don't care if it, it it's not sexist to say that she's like a primary school teacher i thought ed Miliband looked like a geography teacher is that sexist no most primary school teachers are women she reminds me of a primary school teacher i've got a fucking good primary school teacher don't get me wrong not like some of the fucking drunkards that i had do you ever know that do you remember the fucking primary school teacher just like they, they were, you didn't know at the time you just knew that there was something about their red red eyes and <laughs> the smell like even as a kid you're like that's not fucking right that's not fucking right. Anyway, R.I.P. Mrs. No, I shouldn't, I shouldn't name the teacher. But um, but yeah, so it was Mrs. Long Bailey, um, Jess Phillips, of course. She's the, she'll be there. And I'll say to you, Boris, why don't you come round my way, Babs? Why don't you come round? Come round, have a couple with me, fish and chips on your lap, have a bit of spam and chips. Right? She's just like... Uh, She's quite seventies, isn't she? Something quite seventies about Jess Phillips. I just think of pot noodles when she speaks. I like her. I do like her, but she's also, you know, she's a bit fucking dramatic. Angela Rayner, as we already established, with the power hair, she, that her hair will continue to grow. Um, she will just, yeah, it will get out of hand at one point, and there'll be YouGov will do a poll about Angela Rayner's hair. Should Angela Rayner thin out uh, her split ends? And it'll be seen as deeply sexist to have even discussed it. 
And then since we last fight, I think Clive Lewis has entered the race. I think Clive Lewis is going to come unstuck. He's, he's quite an alpha, isn't he? You know, like he's one of these guys on the left, what they call him, a brochure list, right? He's aggressively nice. Such a nice fucking guy. I, I'm so fucking keen on making life better for everybody. Everyone should suck my fucking socialism. Um, he, so he, he will enter the race. Uh, and then, of course, Keir Starmer. Now, I think Keir Starmer needs to... He has got working class credentials, credentials, but as we discussed, it's hard for him to establish them. I think there's a couple of things he could do. I think he could, um, he could just insist that everybody calls him Keir Starmer. Like, you know, um, the song Informer by Snow. Do you remember that one? Informer. So every time he gets up, it just goes, Keir Starmer, you're not going to go go out go play. give one more. And, um, and yeah, that will help for, I don't know why. Uh, and he could also, he could also, cause he's got a bizarre voice as some of you, uh, were keen to point out to me. He's, um, he, he could just, maybe he could get like a voiceover artist to do his voice. Maybe he could get Ray Winston or something. He's going, Hey, I'm Keir Starmer. All right. Yes, I did advocate Remain and moved the party's position there. But you wanted might check out my six mythical tests in school. Like, you know, like the in-play odds. My six mythical tests for Brexit in screen now. Um, so, well, it'll be odd, you know, because what they're essentially saying is, say there was a snap election, that he would have to become prime minister at a time that we are leaving the European Union. So, you know, he might have overplayed the Remain hand or maybe the party membership that are overtly um, Remain are going to like him. But it will mean one thing is that Labour Party, yet again, you know, the party of equality and niceness and diverse diverseness, uh, won't have had a female leader. And, uh, you know, personally, I, I think they should just choose, choose the uh, best person. But that's not how many in the press will see it. The, the Tories will love it, won't they? If Labour go for another bloke, they'll just go, whoa, yeah, I see me. <laughs> the, Tories, the thing about Tories, they, they often end up like doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, so they kind of express a feminist point, but really deep down, it's just because they, they love it, lauding it over Labour, that Labour have ever never had uh, a female leader. And, and, and what will be difficult this time is that there, there are a lot of, there are more uh, female candidates for leadership. So what, Jess Phillips, Angela Rayner, um, uh, Lisa Nandy, uh, Rebecca Long Bailey. Good morning, Mrs. Bailey. No, I can't say Long Bailey. Maybe because I don't believe in double barrels. But anyway, it's another subject. Um, so you know, it, it will look like even though there was a, and Lisa Nandy. Did I mention Lisa Nandy? Um, what has been interesting though is they've done some polling among the Labour Party and the general public as to. Who knows who the fuck these people are? And fucking <laughs> hardly anybody, it turns out. Hardly anybody knows hardly any of them. Uh, I think Yvette Cooper was the most well-known. Uh, I think followed by Keir Starmer. I think Emily Thornberry. We didn't even mention Emily Thornberry, right? Old Emily, laughing girl. You know, she could do a little stand-up routines about Jeremy Kyle or doing Charlie or whatever it is she's talking about this time. Um... So, yeah, I think that the Labour leadership, one, first thing prediction is that it will be uh, it will be harder to get Jeremy out. He'll just cling on fucking desperately. It'll just be, it'll just be end up him in a bunker with fucking Owen Jones. Do you know what I mean? Just drink, <laughs> just singing Red Flag and 
you know, just his little Aaron Bastani will be in there as well, and they they, they won't go out without a fight. And then when the, the it does come around, I think it'll be Keir Starmer. And you know, as much as I take the piss, he will be a challenging opponent for the Tories. Okay, just a quick bit of promo. Is it's one thing um, coming up. This isn't specifically to do with me, but there's a new sitcom coming out. Um, called King Gary, which is coming out on January the 10th with uh, Tom Davis in it. It was written by Tom and James DeFrond. Now, I did I did a little bit of writing on it, just additional lines. I just don't want to overstate my role in it. You know what I mean? I just helped out here and there. But this is this is their thing. And um, I was I was I went on set a couple of times and it was so funny. Like Tom was just ad-libbing lines that properly made me piss my pants laughing. And I've, luckily enough, I've seen um, a few previews of the show. So just just make a note for it. Uh, January the tenth. You know, if you could tweet nice things about it, that would be good. I mean, it's basically it's about an aspirational working class family, and it will. I think it will. It certainly resonated with people that that I knew, uh, kind of, uh, you know, round the way and stuff. And 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 often what happens with you know people from our background and you make a bit of money but you don't really change your kind of social character and um anyway look just watch the show oh i'm buy and buy tour tickets well, i mean it wouldn't be a promo if i didn't say buy tour tickets i mean it's coming up first day is uh in newcastle and then we're 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 away in early february norwich fucking sudbury maidstone bridport lime regis which is only 10 miles from bridport can it can I generate enough fucking people? Is, is, is there enough people even in Bridport and Lyme Regis to fill those two venues? Let's hope so. Okay, let's talk about a bit about what's going to happen with social media um, in the country this year. I, th- I think I'm going to make a prediction that obviously social media underwent exponential growth in the last decade. I think it will start to be taken slightly less seriously as a true gauge of you know public opinion and where our heads are at not least because all the big political uh, results of the last decade seem to go against the trend of feeling on social media i mean you think that that would be a clue right every single time there was a view on social media i think we're gonna win i think we're gonna stay in i think jeremy's gonna do it they'll never vote for boris for a majority right every single no trump are you kidding the guy used to host tv every time it went fucking tits up right and I think that there's been a reason why governments, corporations, and even the TV industry, right? They kind of like the idea of something like Twitter because it's this online, it's online, it's this online focus group, isn't it? Right, where you can just go on and find out how's that playing out, and you're not really finding out how it's playing out because because what is it? I think I've mentioned this stat before, but roughly sort of five percent of people are involved in the kind of social discourse, political element of Twitter in this country, maximum of 5% of people, right? So if you think of a party, you go 100 people in your in, at your party, right? Five of them are in the corner arguing. And two of them think one thing, two of them think the other, and one of them's going, yeah, I sort of see it both ways, right? Why would you ever think that those people that, that literally go to that corner to fight are the, the best gauge of fucking anything? And you look at the numbers as well of, of you know, who discusses what on Twitter, you know, the amount of people it takes to get something trending politically. I mean, like, one bad VAR decision <laughs> gets way more fucking traction than whatever Jess Phillips has said this week. I mean, you literally just tap into, like, you know, just... just uh, or, or even, like, even on Sky Sports News or, or Soccer Monday or Monday Night Football, you just see, like, like Gary Neville's gone off on one about, like, Klopp being arrogant or something. I mean, fucking thousands, tens of thousands of tweets about it. 
So I, I think that, like I say, governments, corporations, they like the idea of this, but the reality of go woke, go broke will start to to hit to hit in. You know, I think that it's a stupid stupidity of, of ignoring people with purchasing power and just thinking that you know, we constantly play to the kind of woke liberal young end of the advertising market. Uh, and, you know, political opinions. I mean, you look at, like, early last year, Gillette got their asses handed to them, didn't they? They did that campaign about, you know, toxic masculinity, and it was just, like, it was just so embarrassingly fucking put together was the worst thing. You know, there, there was there were stereotypes that they could have done about men that would, that would have worked, but it just... It was just like... It was just holding all men responsible for, like, fucking what powerful men do when they're, you know, fucking jizzing in plant pots in hotel rooms... It's such a weird thing to, to, to throw everyone in together to like like that. You wouldn't you wouldn't see that in any other means, would they? You would you wouldn't fucking dare. Can you imagine like Dove doing an advert about women where they just say women, eh? We are a fucking nightmare, eh? Sometimes, ain't we? Fucking eh? Um, <laughs> women, eh? We could leave the house quicker, couldn't we? Like they would <laughs> Women, hey, what, when we dump a bloke, why do we need to wreck his fucking head as well? I just, <laughs> they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. But they do it, blokes, because somehow, you know, last few years it's been seen that because all men are powerful, right? That, that men are, um, you know, just fair game. You can just say, make uh, pejorative comments about them and they and they quickly track back from that shit. And it was just so hypocritical, Gillette, wasn't it? Because they had the. Uh, you know, they they were the brand that not only a few years previously had like women at Formula One with hot pants with Gillette blazoned on their fucking asses. So so yeah, I think that that companies, you know, companies that have, have been stung at the hand of of trying to seem woke. And the other thing is the point about it is about trying to seem woke. I think young people are very good at seeing through whether or not this is a a, a genuine a genuine thing, you know, and and also just like most of the country ain't feeling that way you know and we're not we're, and even if there was even if there was like a, a like a new way of seeing the world or a new social movement or liberal way of thinking do you think i'm gonna think it just because fucking gillette said it why what, what cultural cachet have they got gillette the best a man can get you only come up with you're not the best a man can get by the way you only, you come up with that because it's a good slogan it rhymes yeah the best man can get does it rhyme <laughs> I don't know. No, this is why I don't work in advertising anymore. But you know, you've tried to cultivate the idea that that we care about you. We don't. You just you just become the sort of brand leader for razors, yeah, for shaving. You're not you're not some sort of fucking like man whisperer, you know. So I, I think a lot of them have um, mis, mis, uh, sort of overestimated their reach in that respect. And also, but what will happen, right? Though is that. Because the political uh, narrative is so squarely on the right these days, is that is that the cultural establishment will essentially double down. As I mentioned this um, before, it, I'll give you an example. You know, even even adverts. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this recently, but how many adverts involved uh, mixed race couples? Right? It's fucking bizarre. Like, it's no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just so out of step with the the real numbers. Like me and my wife were watching a ad break the other day, and it was about. It just seemed like every advert was that, and I thought it's just fucking weird. And because what's weird about it is that they make out like they're being transgressive. Like there's one where it was like a delay, and it was like this white guy getting ready on the day of the groom of his wedding. And he's getting everything all sorted out, and where's the ring? And he's got to get there on time. And he gets there. Guess what color the bride was? No, no. Try again. No, she was a black woman, and he was white. 
the fuck, man? I'm definitely going to buy your fucking hand cream now. Um, <laughs> they're just uh, just completely out of step with demographics. So you think, like, if, if reality was, like, adverts are saying, almost everybody would be in a mixed-race relationship. I, I don't know. And the worst thing is I think they actually do it because they think it's attention-grabbing, not because they fundamentally believe in this. And again, it's not something like the reason why I don't give a shit about people and being in mixed race relationships because I grew up in South London and it was around me my whole life. It's never seemed odd to me. It's only it's fucking odd that they're now making it seem odd. It's not like you're going to sit there and fucking watch and it just we well, see a couple down on the street. And you just see like uh, uh, a black guy and a white woman. You go, well, hey, look, at what the fuck is going on here? Fuck is going. No, no, it's fine, babe. It's fine. Remember, we saw that DFS advert, and that couple were bouncing on the sofa, and they, they were like that. So if DFS said it, uh, I think it's fine. Um, so I, I think that we'll see more of that, and I think that what will happen is that, is that because because Brexit's going to happen, because Boris is never going to be in power for quite a while. I think that. Yeah, they'll go. Well, fuck it. Well, who gives a shit about balance? We tried balance, and it didn't work. But equally, on the other side, when it comes to big broadcasters and channels, they're now becoming aware that there's these huge audiences that, that politically see the world another way. So it will be counteracted by the fact that the likes of the BBC and Channel 4 are going, fuck, so not only have we got like 52% of the country that voted leave, we've now got, you know, mid 40% of the country that voted Conservative. And they're not like home counties Conservatives that we can just ignore because we think that they're powerful. These are working class people in the north, so it will be interesting to see how those two things um, play out. Uh, I, I I look forward to <laughs> my first appearance on a panel show uh, this year. I think I'm going to be on one. I can't say which one, but at the end of January, shortly before we leave the EU. So um, I, I sense that maybe once again I will be slightly more alone in the studio than I am outside of it. What okay, we're going to do some letters now. First ones of the new. Decade. It doesn't make any fucking difference, does it? People be saying that for a while in January, aren't they? This is actually our first, uh, it's our first letters of the new decade here. Yeah, which would make sense if that made any fucking difference to it. No, it would just be oh, a continuation. Um, this guy is called Lee. He's from Worthing. And he said, Hi, Jeff. Good to hear you're also a fellow Star Wars nerd. I took my family to see Rise of Skywalker. However, I don't know what I think about the film. I, I need to go again. <laughs> I can't focus on the experience of watching a film with them there. Them obviously being his family. Someone always wants something. <laughs> you is this is issue with the film, Lee, or just having a family? That's kind of what they do, mate. You know that's why they're called dependents. Um, so I want to go again alone. I know this makes me seem odd at my age. Well, I don't know your age, but I'm guessing you're middle age, perhaps. Uh, should I lie or? And go alone, I think that means. Should I lie and go alone, or should I just own it? Um, well, you don't lie about it, do you know what I mean? What's more tragic, Lee, is a man that goes to see Star Wars alone for the second time, or the man that lies about it, you know? I think the, the main thing is, as a veteran of many cinema screenings, going a, a, alone, because obviously I find myself in weird parts of the country with time to kill. Um, by the way, the most depressing... Cinema in Britain is in Dumfries, by the way. It's just I remember looking at for me, cinemas should be a place of joy, but the visage, the outside bit to the one in Dumfries made me want to fucking kill myself. 
It did. It, it just, I mean, how could like the smell of popcorn not cheer you up? I'll tell you how, when it's mixed with piss. Um, so yeah, just, just go, just say, look, I really love Star Wars, okay? <laughs> I can see the problem here, it does make you sound fucking immature. I really love Star Wars, uh, you lot fucking do my nut in at the best of times, and I'm actually happier when you're not there. Say that, see how that plays. No, just say, just say, look, I mean, it's been a big thing for me in my life, and I just want to, because the film is quite, there's quite a lot of information coming at you. Anyway, I mean, it's a very frenetic film, to then have somebody kind of pulling my leg, saying that they want to go to the toilet, uh, have sweeties, and they're bored. And that was just a wife. That was just a wife. Um, yeah, obviously, no, that was the child. Um, uh, that meant that I couldn't focus on it. So just say, I don't ask for much. Problem is, though, like it feels like if you overdo it, it feels like they're giving you something bigger than what you're asking for, which is essentially just to have three hours to do something that you want to do. Um you could just go, look, I need three hours to do something, but I, I'd rather not tell you what it is. Just see how that plays out with a woman as well. They are, they always want to fucking know, mate. They always want to know. They always, do you ever, this is a complete sideways thing, but do you ever watch the show Take Me Out, right? At the end, once he's picked whichever fucking sort of screaming uh, <laughs> GHD nutter uh, from the group that he has, they'll often say, oh, and do you want to know who he picked at his lover's first sight. And every woman says yes, even even though it's completely fucking meaningless, right? The guy comes out of the, that weird little um, that weird little elevator lift thing uh, and he's fucking jacked up on adrenaline. He's just seeing just loads of fucking hair, tits and fucking dresses. He's strutting around like a fucking idiot, you know, trying to peacock to all these women, desperately hoping that he doesn't get do-do-do-do-do-do-do, like buzzed off. And so at that point, while he's jacked up on fucking, like his heart rate is, is, is maxing out at about 212, he then he then picks some fucking woman's name, going, uh, Charlotte, and just writes it down. And then after this sort of process, which he's slowly calmed down and he's worked out, uh, you know, who who's actually looks all right on second, you know what I mean? Like you can get overwhelmed by the hair. Uh, and then they go, oh, do you want to know? And they're like, yes, I do want to know. And all the fucking women cheer like, yeah, I would too. Why? Why do you need to not fucking know that? Why? I swear to God, if you did take me out the other way around, I mean, the fucking first thing, you'd never do take me out the other way around because all the, all the dynamics of it would feel so wrong, wouldn't it? If that was a woman coming down in a lift and just like like testosterone fuel blokes just fucking dancing, really jacking their shoulders going, yeah! And her... <laughs> Her coming out, you know, just kind of strutting up and down. It would just seem fucking wrong. And uh, and then, all, you know, all the questions, you know, like the flirty questions. Because, like, the women can say some fucking outrageous stuff on Take Me Out. You know, just say, like, you know, uh, right, I'm into carpentry. I just want to know if, uh, if we were building something together, what would you do? And she's like, well, I'd just touch your wood. And, like, everyone goes, woo, yeah, witty. And he's just, he's just basically insinuated that she's going to touch his cock. First up, if I pick that woman, I would just say on the date, going, look, I'm sorry, I feel like you need to deliver on this. You pledged in front of the nation that you would touch it. I don't think <laughs> I don't think it's unreasonable, right? Secondly, if, if a bloke said the other way around, she said, like, uh, oh, I'm into I'm into knitting. And you say, well, I'll tell you what, you won't have felt nothing till you get around your hand around my needle. I mean, that would be a bad, bad image if you want to promoted an image of yourself as having a decent cock. And everyone go, oh, oh that, ooh, that, was, that was a bit odd. 
Um, as anyway, back back to the point is, yeah, just tell that you want to go. It's the end of the Skywalker saga, right? You're gonna want to see it uh, a second time, and just fucking, just fucking man up, leave. God's sake. Okay, next letter is from Saj in Croydon. Uh, I was considering having a holiday in the states during the presidential election. <laughs> I've come to like live political chaos now. It must have meant like, right? I've come to like political chaos now, and I see it like test cricket. I'm just into it. Can you or your listeners think of an interesting interesting place to be when it goes down? Do I want to be in the heart of Trump town or watching salty liberal tears? Um, it's a good dilemma. I mean, liberal tears are always salty, aren't they? Have you ever noticed that? It's those salty liberal tears. They taste great. I love salty snacks. Um, do I want to be in the heart of Trump town? Well, you said your name's Saj, so I'm presuming you're a British Asian. Uh, yeah, you could do that, and I'm sure that there'll be loads of Trump supporters that are absolutely cool about it. I would say that there is a slightly higher jeopardy element with that Saj, so, you know, uh, I'm watching salty liberal tears. Well, the thing about it is, I don't know if you... I don't think you've given a steer here on to, as to whether or not you want Trump to win. I think, I think if you're saying you see it like Test Cricket, then maybe you just like the spectacle, right? You don't really care who wins. It's just what's the most interesting outcome. And I, I think in this election, the funniest outcome is Trump winning again. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the funniest one. because like, It's just because like they overdid it in the immediate aftermath. We'll get him impeached, you know what I mean? Or 100 days max, remember that? He won't be in charge for more than 100 days. And if he ends up doing fucking eight years, like a two-term president, it's just, well, it is funny. Not sure, not sure it's great for the planet, but um, so I would go. I think it's funnier. I think you'll probably find it funnier if you, if you're if if this is banter to you, Sage, then I would say you want to be watching the salty liberal tears, and 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 I would be, I would be a splinter cell. I'd make out like I was one, you know, say I'm one of you. Just just make out because then you'll get closer to it, and then you'll really hear what they think. You'll really hear what they think about Rust Belt Americans. And they, just these people, just so goddamn thick, you know. I just don't know why. Hang on, I got a, I got a degree, you know. And, and I just why, why is their vote counting the same as my vote? I know it's controversial, but I'm just saying. I think there should be a little exam before you go in there. I really do because a lot of people are voting. You know, they they say that now, don't they? They needs to be some sort of qualification. Uh, forgetting that, like when I just think of all the people, my mates who got degrees, I just think, nah. No, there's no indication of fucking. And also, if the degree wasn't in politics, what? Why does that make you more knowledgeable about politics? Oh yeah, my mate who's got a fucking degree in film studies. You know, he's definitely better place to decide who should uh, be in charge of the treasury. Because I tell you what, his essay on Steven Spielberg's use of uh, keys to indicate power as a sound effect, I think uh, that guy is. Uh, I think that guy should be a decision maker. So yeah, Saj, I like your spirit, Saj. Are you global? You just go all around the world. Just go over the political hotspots. I mean, you know what, Saj? The more you're sort of saying, I think there's a fucking program idea here in this. So this may not make the edit, Saj, if I decide that I'm going to ruthlessly steal it and pitch it as a program. Uh, we have our hypothetical political fight. Who's this come from? This is well, it's just one of those fucking email addresses. It's just like kind of, there's too many numbers in your email address. Dougie176. That was just says Dougie176. So maybe your name's Dougie and you were born in night. No, 176 isn't a fucking year. Anyway, who would win in a fight between Keir Starmer and Clive Lewis? 
well, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, these might be the two lads, right? These might be the two lads in the Labour leadership race, uh, both in good nick, right? You know, Clive Lewis, former uh, former armed forces, okay, so he can handle himself. Well, it doesn't always mean that, having said that. I've, I've worked with the armed forces. Some of them are soft as shit. Some of them, I went to Afghanistan, they had a um, like an admin nerve centre. Some of them just walk around with their little mugs of coffee and it was the strangest thing in the world. It was like... Went out to a war zone and just found like the offices of Wernham Hogg. It was fucking weird. Um, a fight between Clive Lewis and Keir Starmer. So Clive would be able to handle himself. Keir has stayed in good nick. You know what I mean? He goes jogging, he plays football once a day or whatever it is, whatever the fucking image of himself he's trying to portray. Uh, the problem for Keir Starmer is, is he does have a ridiculous voice. So as it would be like, as it'd be building up towards a fight, you come on in, come on in, come on in. Come in, like outside, outside, Clive. I'll fucking take you on. I can't even do his voice yet. Someone's gonna, but basically we'll have to wait for like Rory Bremner or John Colshaw to do a good impression, and we'll all base our impressions on that. I think that um, I think Keir Starmer would be very pugilistic, very upright style. He might he might not be one of those fucking weird white dudes that knows like next level kung fu. You know those ones. You know that just they're, they're in a desire. They they seem nice on the outside, but their inner desire to win just means that they will take it to the next level. And he's got some weird fucking like knowledge of Wing Chun or or some fucking capoeira. What's that martial arts? He'll be dancing while he's fucking kicking your ass. <laughs> That'd be humiliating, wouldn't it? How did the fight go? Well, the the other guy beat me and um, fucking moonwalked over me as he was doing it, and then videoed my unconscious face and put it up to YouTube. Um, that, but that I think that was just a psychological fear I've got. You know, you ever thought about that? Just the most embarrassing thing ever. I, I sometimes get bored. I just watch like street fight videos, and just like guys getting fucking knocked out, and then just the other guy posing with his face. Man, it's just the most fucking primitive rank shit. And I'll tell you what, if there was ever a time to come for me, my fucking arthritis and my dodgy hands, it would be now. But anyway, let's 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 nail this one down. Um, Keir Starmer, Clive Lewis. I'm just gonna say to Clive Lewis because he's done basic training in the forces and stuff, and I think he's I think he's quite an angry guy. Um, certainly, his interviews suggest that. I um, I would go for Clive Lewis unless Keir Starmer busts out either some weird kung fu or just makes Clive Lewis crack up because he's got a stupid voice. Okay, that is the end of the first episode of the decade. The first episode of the decade of uh, what most people think. There's some predictions there for you to get your heads around. Uh, Mystic Jeff, um, we will revisit this, as I say, later in the year and see what I got right and what I got wrong. But just before we go, as ever, we'll be looking at some um, some reviews I've been left on iTunes. I, when I say some, I think it's like one new one. Oh, but this is the thing. My podcast is now a five-star rated podcast. Um, because enough of you just kept going and giving me five stars. So if you wonder if these things count, for a while, when it first came out, I was on a four, because there was just loads of people that hate me that always try and shit on everything I do the moment I start. But then it built up to a 4.5, and now it's a five-star rated podcast, and that's on that's on nearly 550 reviews. So that, that's good. That helps me get more people to listen to it. So thank you so much if you've done that. If you haven't done it yet, well, you know, really? Free content? You just can go on, just click the fifth fucking star. I mean, just look, if you haven't done it yet, but that's the good news is, is that we can keep that going because um, 
yeah, I always get every time I do a bit of TV or something, someone will just come along and 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 uh, sort of mug me off. But I've only got one new five star review to report where they've actually left some words, and it says this is from Tomb Tomb Ten Sixty Six. So going with the year, you're either patriotic or you're fucking older than Yoda. Um, should I do a shitty Yoda voice? <laughs> My son thinks I'm a fucking master of voices, even though he doesn't realise that all the ones I'm doing are the easiest ones. Mmm. Oh, I can't do it because I'm lying on a fucking bed trying this. Mmm. Awesome show, Jeff. Mmm. Jeff is basically a... M- I, I literally can't do it lying down. Um, or, now you're all going, oh, he fucking bailed. Yeah, I did because it was shit. But basically, he says, awesome show. Jeff is basically a male and less attractive. Thank you. More English version of Eleanor from the good place. I mean, like, I would say that if I'm that different, i.e. a different sex, less attractive, and a different nationality, it might be better to just pick a different fucking person. Yeah, but thank you for that, Tomb66, and for the five-star review, and for the uh, well, the abuse. But uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks' time. I'm um, I'm looking at getting uh, Andrew Doyle back on the show, um, the creator of Titania McGrath. He was the first guest I had on, and you guys, a lot of people ask me about getting him on again, so we should be doing that one soon. But uh, I will see you again in a couple of weeks for another episode of What Most People Think. What Most People Think.